Germany, I use Arbeitswelt. Um, maybe it's translated to the, the world of work. But in German, Arbeitswelt is more uh, the surrounding of your workspace. But it includes not only rooms, really rooms, it's a lot more of spaces. It's, it's the workspace, maybe, but uh, Arbeitswelt is a little bit more. There is also a shift to natural materials and to real materials. People want to touch a table and if it looks like wood, it also should feel like wood. And for us as human beings, I think we have this feeling of comfort if we have these kind of natural materials around us. And uh, it makes us more relaxed. We don't feel so much stressed. So we have a wonderful guest with us today called Christine Colvert. She, for more than 30 years, really, she's researched and worked in the field of working and learning spaces of the future. Uh, she has a particular interest on how space and organizations interact with each other and, and has a passion about learning and creativity, how all those things intersect with each other. She's an author of several books. So in 2018, she published the book Space for Creative Thinking, Design Principles for Learning and Working Together, um, which, Paul, I know you spoke to her about back in 2018. So this was a catch-up conversation for us, um, considering what everything that's happened over the last three years and what the future of workspace might be. Um, and she's also an architect and advises universities and organisations. So... A really fascinating conversation. Yeah, she's also a professor, a doctor. She's a professor at Media Design University in Munich. And also, I'm very envious because she spoke about her, her time at MIT, the Massachusetts, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Um, uh, and I, I just kind of love the variety of her career where she's clearly got deep understanding about architecture design and so on so what what kind of stayed with you from the conversation Shem? I think the importance of nature in how we think and feel in order to be able to create to learn and to connect with one another and how that can be infused into I'm gonna I'm not gonna say office actually based on what people will see happened in the conversation but um how that can be infused into how we design work habitats and our homes and all the places that we work from I think we we cover that in the book we touch upon it um, the idea of biophilic design and biophilia is our innate draw to nature but the importance of that really kind of struck home in the conversation mm. I really liked all her stories about her her own home. Yeah. Uh, the fact she's got an office that she doesn't actually use, which is why, which is why her son has has colonised it. Um, and I I kind of love the the way she talked about uh, comfort, safety, security, mm. and lots about being in fresh air. You, you kind of got a sense that you know, she, I mean, work's been such a kind of cramped and cooped up experience I know you're very hot and unable to open your windows at the moment I am so you, it's very 
warm in North London right now. Can you still not open the window? Unless you want to hear sirens and traffic. It's not very natural oh, sound. Not very so. nature of work. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, you know, I don't want you to be uncomfortable, though. It's okay. Okay. Uh, no, so that was good. I did forget to ask her anything to do with how all of this stuff applies to frontline workers. Yes. So that's not really a recap of what we could talked about. It's more a, a, a sort of point for myself about, I'm sure she would have had a, a really interesting idea mm. around that. And I love this concept. She uses, uh, I won't try and pronounce it, a German term to describe what they're calling office spaces now, which I'll mm. say is it sort of translates like the environment of work. And I like this very loose sort of clothing that she's putting around those things that in the old days people used to call offices back in the old days when people used to commute. I think it was our bike belts, but I probably... Whoa! I probably butchered the pronunciation of that. Okay, that's good. Well, have to listen to the conversation. Well, well done for having a go at it. Should we we pick up the episode with Christine? Yes, let's... I'm going to say one more thing. I think people look out for the idea of the transition from an I mentality to a we mentality that she talks about as well, because I think that's going to be crucial. Um, So on that, enjoy the episode. Just to explain, the podcast that Shimrit and I host now is called Nature of Work and it's based on the book that that Shim and I wrote called Nature of Work, The New Story of Work for a Living Age. The podcast you previously came on, um, Digital Workplace Impact, is now hosted by my colleague Nancy Goble. So we're we're, we're coming at things from a, a, a different angle around less about technology and more about organizations as living systems and one of the things that i noticed was that in in, one of the books you published in 2018 was space for creative thinking design principles for learning and working um and you've had such a a fascinating career as an architect as a uh, professor thinking about the spaces that people work in and you and i last spoke in 2018 um we looked at well-being in the workplace. I mean, what changes would you say we've seen in that space, the workplace and the well-being space in work in the last three years? Yeah, what I think is um, becoming more and more important is health. And uh, what really has changed over the last two years is before everybody was thinking about his own health, So everybody was looking, what is good for me? Do I do my uh, path uh, right? Do I have 10,000 steps every day or something like this? And I think what has changed with uh, COVID is that it's no longer about my own health only. It's about the health of everybody around me in the office. So everybody has to take care also of the others. So when I don't feel well or when I have a headache, before I would have gone to the office and would have said to my colleagues, don't uh, disturb me so much today, I don't feel very well. But now I think people stay at home. So because they think if I'm not feeling well, maybe the others will get this disease or whatever I have as well. 
So I think what becomes more and more important is also this empathy. I think it, this is something we didn't realize before in the workspace. But now we have this empathy and we have this feeling we, take, we have to take care of the others as well. And uh, what I think also changed a little bit, at least in Germany, we made the workspace more and more dense, even denser and denser. And if you had to do something special, you maybe walked into a small office to do a phone conference or something like this. And what has changed over the last two years I think the offices are no longer so dense. They are, the tables are moved away a little bit from each other. And uh, what I also think is more people do their web conference or something like this more in the open space and people go to an office when they want to work really with uh, more Yeah, if they want to think more, if they want to write something, if they want to read something. So the workspace becomes a little bit different than it was the, the two years before. And I think also people think a little bit more, do I really need to go to the office today? Or should I stay at home? Maybe I only do things where I don't need other persons. And when I want to meet other people or uh, need to really to work creatively together in a special room, in a project room, where people really could think together, then you really think about it, when should I do this? And you plan it ahead that everybody you need is also in this room or in the office today. Thank you. And one of the things that really struck me and what you shared, Christine, was this move, this shift from a kind of I mentality to a we mentality. Yes. Um, and how, and it's, I think obviously what we've been through together collectively, globally over the last year has, has emphasized that, amplified that, the impact that we have on each other. And you spoke about physical health, for example, and I know that in other terms, our mental well-being, our mental health, our psychological safety, I think we've also seen a shift there from the I mentality to the we mentality, where I was reading a book a couple of weeks ago about how our feelings and our emotions impact other people's if we're in the same space, whether that's digital or physical. And so we have a, a level of responsibility around how we impact other people's well-being and mental well-being. And one of the things that really came to mind is um, this idea of communal and community well-being, whether yes. that's physical or individual, I'm sorry, physical or mental or psychological. And one of the frameworks I remember coming across was the idea of the elements of community well-being. One of those is shared space. Do we have space to gather together to be well together, as well as other elements such as, you know, generational relationships and a sense of equity. And I wonder, we were, you were starting to talk about this shift from where we work to are we at home, are we in an office, why are we in that particular space? 
And it'll be really interesting to hear more about that relationship between how a space is designed, people's feelings of comfort, and you were starting to talk about creativity as well, and how do those things all work together? Yeah, I think um, what you just mentioned is, I would say, we are now more careful how to deal with other people. Um, before it was often a very robust mentality, so it was more an elbow society. And I think this is a little bit shifted to be more careful and to think of other people. And when you think about the workspace, we already saw a shift uh, to biophilic design and also to more wood or more plants again in the workspace. Um, ten years ago, every plant was moved out of the office space because it was too much work. And now plants return to the office because people also have the feeling um, they have a better air with plants. They can relax much more. And um, there is also a shift to natural materials and to real materials. People want to touch a table and if it looks like wood, it also should feel like wood. And for us as human beings, I think we have this feeling of comfort if we have these kind of natural materials around us. And uh, it makes us more relaxed. We don't feel so much stressed and I think it's also, maybe it's not so much only about COVID. I think it's also that people think much more about sustainability and nature overall and about the climate. And this comes together and I think COVID has pushed it a little bit more in this direction because people have more a secure feeling in these kind of surroundings. And I think this has also to do with uh, creativity, uh, because to be really creative also together with other people, I think you have to feel free and you have to feel also to have a uh, free mind and you also have to feel secure so you can really freely say what you want to say and I think a biophilic surrounding or a, a nature surrounding makes you feel much more secure and uh, what I think what is really good even in countries like Germany or in Turkey maybe also in Scandinavia People have this feeling to include also open spaces in the office space. There is a university in Istanbul, and they have designed this new university also using open spaces a lot. And so uh, the students and also the teachers can use uh, open spaces. There are tables around. And um, they also have open spaces with a roof or they have spaces where there's a lot of glass surrounding this. So you have this feeling you sit 
in the in nature and i think this shift is becoming more and more a reality people think about how can we use office spaces but also have small courtyards inside maybe often with a roof so people can go outside and uh, what we also see in buildings that you think about small passes between different buildings or around the buildings and people use these for discussions so you don't no longer say let's go in this meeting room or let's go to the, the meeting point in the cafeteria you say to somebody else can we do a walk and discuss this problem outside maybe this shift is also pushed by covid but i think it's it's a good shift because when you think when do you have new ideas it's not on, behind the desk it's always when you be in nature or when you look outside and have a very nice view so you really can relax your mind and then the ideas come and the same is true when you work together creatively so it's always a, a mix between sitting alone on working together and when you bring nature in and have the possibility to do something outside then it's really good i worked for a very long long time at dmit and what we always enjoyed uh, were these all these different buildings at the MIT and the walk between the buildings and also the green spaces they become over the years more and more and people use them they all often have very tiny offices so they were pushed outside to talk to a colleague and they always said let's go to this um, they have a lot of sculptures in the garden so you would say let's go to this picasso sculpture and meet there and <laughs> i think this is something which we will see in the future even more yeah and and one thing that um, it just reminds me of and i think you've expressed it beautifully christine is that um i went to birmingham university um, in the UK um, and I remember even at 17 going there and thinking God I really like this place because it's a campus yeah. uh, so there are buildings but in the middle of the buildings there's greenery and there's uh, trees and it's it's got a nice sense of enclosure and I've always gravitated to live actually in areas where you'd have a sort of mixture of of things almost in a little village. Yeah. And, 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 and what you're saying sort of reminds me of, um, of, that, of that concept. But Christine, do you think that these trends, these patterns that you're describing so beautifully around safety, security, nature, comfort, kind of humanity, were these happening pre-COVID or has COVID created them? I think we already saw a shift um, to biophilic design and nature, but I think the human factor, what we discussed before, that you take much more care for other people, I think this was really pushed by COVID. And I think also that people got much more time uh, to think about things differently. 
because um, all of a sudden everybody had to work from home. And um, uh, as we said before, you had also more private life and you could think about all these things, uh, what was good before COVID and also what was not so good. And I think people start to change this. They think about this and uh, remember where had I, did I have a good place to think, to work, to be creative, to work good with others. And they want to bring this in their own working spaces. And also when you think we were together in Copenhagen at this university, we had this conference in this lovely room where the fountains from outside were on the ceiling and had this wonderful play there. And whenever there was a break, everybody was going outside to these green spaces and were talking to each other. And I think I have this conference in such a lovely uh, remembrance because uh, everything was right. Uh, the lectures were good, but you also had this nice surrounding where you could connect with other people and share ideas. And I think this is something now architects want to bring in the workspace. So Christine, what you were sharing about the role of nature and being in that space and how that can help with problem solving, whether on your own or with other people really resonated. Because I remember being a kid living uh, at home, obviously, and my dad worked from home as well. This is the 90s. Um, and he had his own business. He's a building surveyor. And I could always tell when he had a sticky problem that he was trying to solve because he would get up from his drawing board and go for a walk. And he would be gone for however long he needed to be. And he would come back and the problem had magically solved itself while he was outdoors. And um, I think it's something we feel so innately as well, that idea of being in space to help problem solve. Paul, it's how the idea for Nature of Work came about for you, being in nature. Um, and to hear that there are organizations infusing their physical space with that to help encourage people to feel at ease and to, to be creative with one another is such a beautiful thing that's emerging. And a question I have for you, Christine, is we're seeing an emergence of hybrid working. A lot of people are talking about that as a potential model of work going forward where people are sometimes in the office, sometimes at home, sometimes in a third space. And if we're losing, well, losing is possibly the wrong word, but if we're no longer necessarily in the office space that has been designed potentially with biophilic principles, are there elements of that we can bring to our homes, to third spaces, so that we're still feeling those advantages in how we work either individually or together and how we learn together as well? Yeah, I think we uh, we here in, in Germany, we also do experiments about hybrid uh, work. And I think in the beginning last year, uh, often it was very difficult when some people were in the office and others were uh, connected remotely because people didn't know so much about this. And um, the ones being really in the office, they didn't 
take care so much about the others being uh, connected to them. And I think we have to work on this. It's uh, becoming better and better now. But I think we have to have completely different kind of meeting rooms when we uh, work together with people in the room and people only connected via a computer. And I remember when I was at MIT and, and also in Sweden, it's at least 20 years ago, they had meeting rooms where they had um, different uh, cameras or computers or television screens on one side and on the other side where the people who were really in the room. And uh, what I found so interesting then was that every person had their own, um, yeah, let's say, computer or television screen. So you had this feeling you were talking to this person directly. Um, this was not a large screen where everybody was on the screen in different um, positions or something like this. Everybody had his own. And this gave this feeling that you really worked directly with these persons. And in Germany, we have a small company. They have a walking computer. It's, it's like, it's a status, yeah, how do I describe it? It's, it's a post and on, on top of it is a screen and it has wheels on it. And so you can really also move with this person around the room. I'm not sure if you have seen this, it's small robots. And I think this is good for a creative work if the people really can move with the people in the room. And this is one thing, but uh, overall when you work um, in a hybrid fashion so that you can decide, I work at home two days a week or three days and the others I go to the office, I think what we need to do, as I mentioned a little bit before, when you work together, you have to schedule and to plan uh, your week. Because uh, when you want to work together with other people, it's good to meet them personally in the office. So you should have a day where you really know this person I have to work with is in the office too. And what I think you mentioned also, how we design our houses. What we see here in Germany is that people more and more um, need their own spaces for work at home. So my youngest son, he does a lot of homework, home working in the moment because our numbers get higher and higher and the company has said people should work at home again. So he asked me if he can use my office and he's now designing my office to his uh, needs because uh, people realize uh, you have to have a quiet atmosphere and also a kind of office atmosphere at home. And what we also see is small desk uh, appearing, nice desks, which you can have also in your living room and in a small corner, or we have also 
desks which you can close when you no longer need this. It's like a cupboard. You open it, you fold down lots of different things. You have your computer inside, you have your books, and you can work over the day. And in the evening, you can close it. So because in Germany, we have sometimes very tiny houses or flats, and you want to have a kind of office atmosphere also in these flats. And people also use the outside. So if you don't have your personal garden, you try to go to a small spot, a greenery or in a park to work from there from time to time. As this becomes more and more important, I think. And um, I did a lot of workshops recently uh, with uh, the government of Würzburg is a small town in Germany, or not so small, middle town. And uh, we had different rooms for the workshops. And um, you always need larger rooms now as you had before because people want to be a little bit separate from each other, at least one and a half meter. But what we used a lot was also the outside. So we plan a new um, headquarter now, and we plan now meeting rooms with an outside space. So we moved our tables and also the, the screens where we wrote on uh, to the outside and the chairs, and we're working in this workshop a lot outside. And I think this will stay. If the weather allows it, people would like to go outside to work together. Also, third spaces, uh, people use a lot, not only the spaces inside, but also outside. And I think this will also be common for co-working spaces, but also for coffee shops or small restaurants where people would like to work inside but also outside. You see it now a lot. Yeah, I, I think you're up. I mean, there's so much there that is so interesting. And I, I mean, one kind of random thought that occurs to me is as people spend more time working, living outside, um, presumably their immunity levels will increase They'll become more resistant just generally to disease and there can be some health benefits of that. Uh, and I, I, I suppose I wonder when you think about all the different iterations of ways of working, your story about your son, uh, one of my daughters has just uh, moved into a new house in London and she's raving about her new pop-up desk that then collapses and becomes something else. And and as you say, people are having to repurpose. We really need, I feel, a term other than the office to talk about this next generation of spaces. Do you do you have a, a better term than the office? Because it feels to me that, that the term the office is really a construct of the in, industrial, the managerial generation. And and we, uh, it doesn't really describe all of these different versions of no. places to work. I in Germany I use Arbeitswelt. Um, maybe it's translated to the the world of work. 
But in English, I, I'm, I'm not a native speaker of English, so I, maybe I miss the nuances. But world implicates really the world. But in German, Arbeitswelt is more uh, the surrounding of your workspace. I don't mean the whole world. I mean really um, the surrounding of, of your, your work. But it includes not only rooms, really rooms, it's a lot more of spaces. It's, it's the workspace, maybe, but uh, Arbeitswelt is a little bit more. It sounds like the sort of environment of work, um, the, 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 the living world of work. I certainly get the, the experience of what you mean from that. Do, do you, Jim? Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of the word habitat that we use in the book. Um, yeah, maybe the habitats the of habitat work. is a little bit better, yes. Um, I think so. I, I did a project with students uh, in Germany this year and um, we worked a lot with Miro, this software, and the students had to design um, the surrounding or the future of work. And um, what the students had in mind, um, this came to my mind when we were talking about um, this hybrid work, uh, work in the future. The students were thinking a lot about these folding tables, removable tables, so that you can work everywhere and close it. Because I think that I see this also with my younger children. Um, they are not so young, they're around 35. But um, they uh, also want to have a kind of difference between working and living. So they enjoy a lot to work at home, but they want to have fixed um, times for working. So we as the older ones, I also work a lot often in the, in the evening in my chair and I do emails, I write articles or do something like this. But my children, when it's, um, let's say, five or six o'clock, then they want to shut down their computer. They no longer want to use the office mobile phone and they no longer want to see their office computer. So for them, it's really important to shut off this office space. And this is also a reason my son wants to go to a different room and close the door behind him to work. But then in the evening, he also wants to close the door from outside and say, okay, now it's my private life. And this is what I see with my children. And I think this is something with the, what the younger generation wants to have more and more. They want to have office, but they want to have private life. And this is their kind of balance between work and private life. And why do you think why do you think that is, Christine? Sorry to talk over you there. Yeah, I think for all of them, uh, family. This is something also what changed during COVID. I think family uh, became more and more important. And people think uh, family is this what stays and uh, what brings them also power 
and also relaxes them and brings their life in balance. And work is something uh, you do, but um, sometimes you also have friends at work, this is sure. But I think in the end, work is work and life is something different. And I think that a younger generation wants to have this. They see much more purpose uh, in their life and um, the older generation saw a lot of their purpose in their work. And uh, I think the younger generation sees work much more to give them the possibility because of earning money uh, to really live, to have their family, to meet friends, to go on a holiday, to buy something or to have a good dinner or something like this. So they see it more that the work supports this purpose in life they really want. Maybe I, I couldn't explain it so correctly, but I think there is a difference between older people and younger people and how they see work. I really enjoyed you referring to your young children and then saying they were 35 because that's <laughs> my age and that made me feel, okay, I'm of that younger generation. Um, <laughs> It's interesting because I think about how I work and if I compare what I want to what your children want and to what my friends of the same age want, I, I've worked from home and flexibly and in different spaces for about seven years because DWG doesn't have offices um, and it works really nicely for me. I can work flexibly in terms of time, in terms of location. And that works really well for me. If I think of my a friend of mine who I often co-work with, she's freelance, she lives alone. She craves routine and she craves a physical space outside of her home that she can go to, which is her workspace. And it's something she's really missed. And so even within our generation, there are different desires that we have around space. But um is definitely that generational difference is something that seems to come through when we talk about the different work habitats that we want. So some of us who are living in shared spaces or living in smaller spaces, we don't have access to outdoor space, for example. But, and who are younger in our careers or earlier on, and we may crave as well the social learning from those who are older than us that we can learn from through shadowing or anything else versus those who are perhaps more advanced in their careers and the different needs that they have of work habitats. It brings me back to that idea of what is community well-being and the relationship between different generations and how space supports that in how we work. You're completely um, correct when you say um, with the learning you need to be in an office or to, to see somebody else to shadow it, uh, him or her. This is what people, young people, really, I see this in our office, but also with my, with my children. This is what young people are really missing. This is much more difficult when you work remote. Uh, but what you also said, I, I can also agree about this, that my children also like um, this uh, free... Yeah, how they can spend their working hours. So sometimes they can go with the children um, to make a 
go to the swimming pool or whatever and work uh, at night. And uh, this is this is something what they also do a lot um, when they have the possibility uh, to spend their time as they like it, as well as use the spaces they like. So I think this is something which supports the hybrid work a lot. And um, I also, as an older person, I like it. So the last uh, five years, I also worked mostly remotely mostly from home or third places or wherever or with clients. So I was rarely in the office. So for me, this was nothing new. And I always enjoyed it also a lot. Yeah. The learning side reminds me a lot of um, when you see in nature, you have social relationships within uh, the ape families or within orcas and whales and dolphins where you see the younger animal learning from the elder by mirroring, by observing and the importance of social learning. And if I think about how I have learned over the last couple of years, virtually a lot of those things shadowing all the rest we've translated into a virtual habitat so that I can still learn. And so I wonder if we'll see an emergence of more of those ways of working to mimic social learning, but in virtual environments. Um, Paul, I know you had a question well, yeah, just to end just by asking you, uh, Christina, and just to say, I'm I'm kind of blown away by how eloquent and how poetic and and how you manage to convey really um, concepts that are very familiar, but from other spaces to do with security, comfort, nature, flexibility, habitat but put it in a, a new setting. And and I can see why your career has been kind of shaped by helping other people understand what's happening, um, particularly in the world of, of work. But I, I just wanted to ask you, uh, where do you feel most at home working? And that's our final <laughs> question. Yeah, I, I most of the time, uh, even if... If I have an office in the house, I work in the living room. And uh, we have uh, two rooms connected. One is a living room and the other is a library where all the books are. And we have uh, a double door in between. And I always have the double door open and I walk between these two rooms. Or I go outside, which is closely to the garden as well, only a few steps down, and I'm in the garden. And uh, if I have to work concentrated, then I work in my long chair with the feet up, <laughs> and I write my articles there. If I really have um, to type on the computer, I go to the library to a table and work from there. So I I have to admit, I never use my office. So this was the reason my son asked me if he, he could use my office as I don't use it. <laughs> mm, that's a good idea. So your office is there just for show, really. Yeah, um, it's 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 like in, we've been doing some work on our house and we've built a, uh, we knocked down a shed and we built a workshop and a shed. And, and somebody said to me, why have you built a workshop? You don't do any do-it-yourself or any work. And I said, no, it's just for show. 
I just want to tell people that I've got a workshop and they've got the tools and everything's there. Uh, and that's it. But Christine, thank you so much for your uh, conversation. Um, Shimreet, anything you want to say before we, we end? No, just thank you so much for joining. Like I remember when we were doing the research for the book, I found that it's estimated we spend about 90% of our time in built environments now. And so the way in which they are designed to support us so we feel safe and comfortable is so important. So it's been just fantastic having your insights, Christine. So thank you. Thank you very much. It was nice talking to you again. So it gave me a little bit of the feeling being in London again. <laughs> the Nature Work Podcast is produced by the Digital Workplace Group, a strategic partner and boutique consultancy supporting more than 100 leading organizations to advance their digital workplaces. For more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com. This is Paul Miller wishing you well until next time.